Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. Divorce Dialogues brings expert guests to the airways to talk through your divorce questions and fill in the gray areas about separating. From thinking about divorce, to how to behave during divorce, to what to do after, this is Divorce Dialogues. Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Catherine Miller. I'm the founder at the Miller Law Group and director at the Center for Understanding and Conflict. And I am on a mission to change how people divorce and help them divorce with dignity. And I'm excited today to welcome Alyssa Panitz to the show. She is the only divorce journalist and columnist solely committed to helping other people navigate this major life transition by exclusively covering every angle of the divorce topic on a daily basis. Alyssa writes a daily column entitled Five Things You Need to Know How to Survive and Thrive During and After Divorce for Authority Magazine on Medium. Welcome, Alyssa Panitz. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. So tell us how it is that you got into What's your history, Alyssa? How did you get into being a divorce journalist and how do you think about it? Really, through my own divorce, I just combined what was happening to me personally with what I was doing professionally, which was being a journalist. And I had noticed that there was nobody else out there covering this topic on a daily basis, the way we cover things like politics and finance, transportation, shopping at home. I saw a void and I just decided to fill it. How long have you been doing it? I made the transition back in September 2020 during COVID when a lot of people were reinventing themselves because of the pandemic. And I just started this little column from my dining room table on a laptop, no doubt, and it quickly grew. And I think it grew because I was speaking to people very conversationally about anything and everything about divorce. I say as a journalist, my job, and in a good way, is to be a scatterbrain. I can look at the story that's unfolding right now, but I'm going to scatter everywhere my brain to think about so many different ways that we can tell this, to bring people information that they need to know. And as you know, being a professional in the industry, people are thirsty and hungry for information about divorce. And so I just kind of took the topic and I just scattered it everywhere and I just pick up little pieces every day and find new angles to talk about so people can, as the column says, survive and thrive. So what the daily column is like five things you need to know how to survive and thrive. So can you walk us through what those five things are? Well, for everybody, it's different. And, you know, everybody, which I love when people share what what their five tips are, so many people have different suggestions on on what people need to know. For, For me, when people ask me, I say it all starts with preparing, investigating, and planning. So preparing is doing your homework. And by this, I mean, you know, go investigate. Be an investigative reporter, which is my background, and people are fascinated by that. You know, do a deep dive and look at anything and everything from your records to the mail that comes in to, you know, just looking at the phone log of of things that come in and and really figuring out where all your your money is, where the records are, who are the contact people. If, If there was an emergency, you would need to reach out to start really gathering all that information and then start having a plan in place. From there, 
I say I'm trained as an actress from my childhood, and I tell people, tip number two, take an acting class. And I know people think it sounds crazy and people laugh at me, but that training really helped me stay calm, cool, and collective when you're in a courtroom or when you're sitting across the table from the other side. And divorce can be ugly. The other side can try to throw a lot of things at you to try to provoke you and, and get you to respond. But if, if you go back into that training and how they teach you and get into that role, you really can stay very calm. And that leads to number three, leaving your emotion and your anger at the door. Uh, because I'm sure as you see every day in your practice, it just works against you and it slows the case down. And I think one of the greatest pieces of advice I got early on was you want to get in and get out leave it at the door kind of thing. And I think the fourth is making sure your relationship with your team, with your lawyer, such as yourself, a CDFA, which is a certified divorce financial analyst or an accountant, make sure that that, that's going to be your most intimate relationship that you have because these people are going to be a part of your life. I call it the 25-8 because that's what a divorce can feel like. So make sure that you're completely honest with them. Make sure you feel comfortable and that you connect with them because you guys are going to be working as a team. And the team is going to be making final decisions for you and your family, and you want to make sure that everybody's on the same playing field. And the other thing is that I try to tell people, try to fantasize about what you want your life to look like after this is all behind you. And hold on to that because divorce is temporary and it will never define you unless you want it to, but it could be the catalyst for everything else that you want to accomplish. And for me, it's the work that I'm doing right now. Yeah, that is so wonderful, Alyssa, how you talk about it, because it sounds like from, from what I'm hearing you in terms of your your thinking about the five things that are most important for you and you know maybe for other people as well, the two and three, taking an acting class and leaving the emotions at the door, those are sort of like different parts of the same thing, it sounds like. Like on the one hand, taking the acting class or find some way to center yourself in the moment so that you appear calm, cool, and collected, rational, and sane, and are able to kind of keep it together in those, in the courtroom, in the meetings, or whatever it takes. And the other piece is to sort of find a way to, and it could be the same way, to, you use the words, leave your emotions and your anger at the door, but to separate out the negotiations from the way you feel. Am I getting that right? Absolutely. I think one of the first things I was told when I filed for divorce is they said, think of this as a business that we're dissolving. And I thought that sounded so cold. But when you step away and after you've been involved with it for so long, you really do understand what they say. It really is. You know, you're, you're trying to kind of break apart a lot of the things that you built together. And this is going to be yours. This is going to be theirs. Here's how we're going to make this work. And, and then you sort of understand what somebody's saying. And going back to that acting class, I would always, always try to say, all right, what's my character doing? What's my character doing? Go back into that training. And I'm like, I'm just an extra here on the set. And my job is to just look straight ahead and not speak unless spoken to. You know, you can't move your head, just like stay neutral. And when you keep telling yourself that, you really do stay, like I said, calm, cool, and collective, because it's very easy, which led into number three, bringing that anger and emotion, because everybody's got it during divorce, and, and how could you not? But it really does work against you. And if you do want to get out of this process in the 
quickest way possible and not drag up legal bills because that can add to them. You know, try. I know it's hard. Something that was very therapeutic for me was getting involved in like a boot camp kind of exercise class. And I would just take out all that anger and frustration in the class on a treadmill, you know, if you're boxing or or you're doing like sit-ups or weightlifting. And to me, it was a lot healthier than bringing it onto that stage where, again, it does not work well. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. In my early years as a litigator, I used to go to the gym at lunch and imagine my adversaries' faces on the stairs of the treadmill. (laughs) (laughs) You know, know, the stairmaster, I'd be like, stomp, stomp, stomp. (laughs) It helped me make it through a more aerobic workout. So I, I think that when you talk about anger, I think there might be listeners out there wondering, well, you're getting divorced. How can you possibly separate yourself from your anger? And I don't think that what you're suggesting is that you stuff it, right? You're saying that if you process it in separate places, is that right? Absolutely. And I think one of the greatest pieces of advice I got when I was interviewing therapists is you have to work through all the different stages of a divorce. And one of the ones that people stay in the most is anger. And how could you not be angry, especially, you know, whatever your circumstances may be. And it's okay to feel angry. You should be angry. But, you know, you don't want to get stuck there too, too long because, again, it just works against you. I always say, and I've written about this in my columns, my dad always says, leave your anger at the door. It's kind of like when you go to work. You're supposed to leave your personal life outside the door when you come in and you're doing whatever it is that you do for a living, for clients, and and to be a part of your team. You have to try to do that. I know it's hard. It takes a lot, a lot of strength, but I really do believe that people can do it if they put their mind to it. And it's all about mindset. It's all about something my mom says, too. It's all about attitude. And, you know, just go in there, you know, with the right attitude. Everybody's angry. Everybody's hurting. But, again, if we don't want to feel this way for a long time, try your best to put it in a place where it's not going to consume you. That's really great advice. I'm Catherine Miller, and you're listening to Divorce Dialogues here on WVOX 1460 AM in Westchester every other Wednesday from 5 to 5.30, bringing you the information and thoughtful dialogue that you need to divorce with dignity. We're also available as a podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And I'm talking today with Alyssa Panitz about her journey as a divorce journalist and how it interacts with her own personal life and what her tips are for those of you considering divorce yourself. So, Alyssa, what were some of the things that surprised you as you started to become a divorce journalist and integrate it with your own personal life? Was there something that came up that you didn't expect? Oh, so much. Every day, I think, new things come up. And I always say, I wish I knew that. Oh, my God, I wish I knew that. I think one of the first things I learned very early on when we started the column was people started pitching me about a divorce coach. And my first question was like, what's that? I didn't know what that was. That would have been so helpful and beneficial during my situation. And, you know, they're like a third party, like a sounding board who can help you make really good decisions because many of them have been through the process themselves. I learned what a CDFA was, which we made reference to before. So, wait, I should have an accountant or a person who is uh, trained in divorce? 
didn't know there was such a thing. You know, slowly, every day, I started learning about new things, that there were stages of grief. What? There's stages of grief? I didn't know that. So everything I'm feeling is normal. The things that I'm trying to work through are common. It was crazy. I felt it was isolating. I felt I was the only one who felt so alone. Happens to be very common. Uh, I interviewed a therapist about that. And so I felt that doing the column, while I want to use it to, to help people on their journeys, I was so surprised how it was helping me heal from my own. And I think a lot of that comes out in the writing, which people have shared with me. And as you know from, from your experience, there's all different stages of divorce. There's the planning, which we made reference to before. There's the during. But then there's the post. And many people think when, you know, you sign the papers, you get your judgment of divorce, I'm done. I'm like, done? Oh, no, sweetie, you are just getting started. It's just we're <laughs> going to go off now in a different area. But these are things you need to know. They're not bad things. These are things you just should be aware of kind of thing. So it was amazing how educational it was for me. But as I just uh, spoke about before, how healing it was. And I think it's just made me a lot stronger for, you know, if I do have to face things now. Yeah, I think that's really great. And for me, I think that my whole divorce experience is what had me go out on my own and get on this mission to help people divorce with dignity because my professional experience combined with my personal experience was far from dignity and divorce at the time that I thought of it. And so I think that this idea of putting together what you know personally and what you know professionally is so helpful for people who then, for you, Alyssa, become into your world and read your column and listen to your your show and, and get the information that you get and get to go a little bit on the journey with you as you discover these new things. So would you talk a little bit about what a divorce coach and a CDFA is as you understand it? Because a lot of times people will come to my office and say, well, don't you know how to do that? And, you know, of course we do, but it's an advantage to work with someone who's got special training on these particular emotional pieces of divorce and the financial pieces of divorce separate and apart from the legal pieces. Absolutely. You know, I think one of the biggest mistakes people make in a divorce is they think the lawyer is the end-all, be-all on the everything. And, you know, they're not. They are there to do the legal process. And that is a job and a half. And they really do have their hands full. I say this with all my heart because I love working with so many attorneys. They're not there to be your therapist. That's not what you're paying them for an hour. You know, you want to talk to a trained therapist who can help you, or in this case, you may want to talk with a divorce coach. Many divorce coaches, especially the ones who I've interviewed, have been down this road before, so they understand the legal process. They understand all the twists and turns and detours you're going to go down, and what they can help you do is kind of get you on the path where the attorney needs you to always be so they can streamline your case and kind of also be a sounding board that you need. The lawyer has their hands full with your case, and they're just trying to do the best job they can for you. Don't boggle them down with with screaming about this and this and this and that. You know, talk to somebody who is fully trained on that aspect of it to kind of guide you to where you need to be. And also, it's just going to slow your case down. With a CDFA, again, you know, it all boils down to the numbers, the money. I heard that so many times, and I remember saying, that's so cold, that's so mean, and I was crying. But 
but it really does. Again, you know, a lot of the lawyers have their hands full with just trying to work with the other side to kind of get you out of this process. You need somebody who really understands the numbers. Are there tax implications? Am I entitled to something like this? How how does money move from this point to this point? I've got to do a quadro. What do you mean I have to do a quadro? What's a quadro? A CDFA can really help jump in and help your lawyer move all these things ahead, sit down and explain all these things to you. So again, you know, your lawyer can do what you retain them for. I I tell people, please don't put all the onus on your lawyer. One, you're going to get an insane bill. And two, you know, you hire them for a reason. Let them stay in their lane and do what they're there to do. And at the same time, the lawyer can help you find those other professionals because I don't want people thinking, well, now I've got to find not only a lawyer but a CDFA and a, and a coach or a therapist. I think that the lawyer can be very happy, helpful in helping people find resources that they really need, customized for their situation, put together a team, and maybe run the team but not have to do all those things. And I agree with you that you can get a lot more specified training and help for a lot less money than relying on your lawyer to do absolutely Absolutely. everything. Absolutely. And, you know, again, it goes back to that word I used. You know, the relationship you have with your lawyer is going to be very intimate. So they will know really good people probably for you to call. If you're in a high conflict, if you meet a certain tax bracket, they may know, you know, professionals that are really good in terms of the numbers that you should work with. You're dealing with a high conflict. They may know divorce coaches that deal with high conflict. So, again, you want to make sure that that relationship that you have, because it really starts, you know, with the attorney is one that you feel very comfortable with so they can help you build that team since they're going to know you so well. That's really wonderful. This is Divorce Dialogues. I'm Catherine Miller. We're here on WVOX 1460 AM alternate Wednesdays from 5 to 530. And we're also available as a podcast. I'm talking today with Alyssa Panetz about her experience as a divorce journalist and her own divorce journey. And Alyssa, if people are interested in learning more about your column or your show or anything about you, how can they do that? It's all right on my website, alyssapanitz.com. That's I-L-Y-S-S-A-P-A-N-I-T-Z. And we put all the episodes of the show there. We put all the columns up there, other media appearances I've done where we've talked about just an array of different things. Or if you have an idea for a column that we can help you with, send it my way. Uh, We're always open to new suggestions of maybe something we haven't thought of before. That's great advice. So one thing that we've talked about is some common hurdles that come along with divorce. And what what are some of those? <laughs> we we need 5 hours for that. But I think I think the one thing is is just when you have two sides that can't come together and meet on common ground. You know, maybe one side is okay with one matter but the other side is not. I think that's a big hurdle and it slows everybody down. The one thing is in divorce, everybody feels like they want to win. And nobody wins if it's going to be very one-sided. I really wish that people would kind of meet halfway, especially when there's children involved, because it's not healthy for the children to watch their, their parents fight. And sometimes it's over what? It's usually over stuff and money. And stuff and money can always be replaced. Time can't. And the more you drag this out, the more time you waste. So... You know, I always say if you don't want to wind up in court because it is not fun going there, 
try to come to a lot of common ground. If, if, if you're giving up, let's say, you know, the big TV to the other side, you know, say, I'll take the couch if it, if you're kind of going through the house because the house has to be sold. You know, you don't want to wind up in front of a judge, which is going to cost you so much time, so much money, because you have to pay for all those people who are going to be working to sit around a courtroom for a long time. And, and again, what does that get you? It gets you nowhere. So I try to tell people, you know, just try to work things out as, as best you can. See if, like, if you give them something, you know, maybe they'll be more open to giving you something. Everybody's got to stop getting so hung up on the minutia, as they say. And again, if if this is like going to be the best situation for you and your family, let go. And then look, look in front of you. There's like nothing in front of you. Sprint, run, go get what you want. Now's the opportunity. When you look back, you're going to be like, I can't believe I wasted so much time and I got so hung up on, on things that really don't even matter and they shouldn't matter. But again, like I just say to people all the time, if you could stay out of court, please do. And that's a hurdle that is not fun to get around. And it's often difficult to get around. Yeah. You said so much there, Alyssa Panitz, that I really want to highlight a couple of things. One is that stuff and money can be replaced, but time cannot. And my experience, and I've been doing this 35 years, so it's it's quite extensive, is that very frequently, and by very frequently, I mean almost always, there's something that comes up at the end that's relatively minor, but it becomes a sticking point. Maybe it's who's going to pay for soccer cleats or the pink towels or that television set or the dependency exemptions on tax return when we have those again. You know, things like that that just aren't worth that much in the overall scheme of the entire life situation. And yet people get really stuck at the end. And I think it's really less about the thing itself and more about letting go and moving on. And it's scary to leave that place of negotiating, you know, married and being locked in this combat. There's a sort of sense of familiarity to that when it's been happening for so long, oftentimes since before the divorce itself started, right? There's a reason the divorce happened and moving on to this new life. So it sort of circles back to something you said earlier in the show, which is start to fantasize, imagine, dream, put together your ideal life and move toward that because that's going to help your lawyer get you a better deal that's more like that. If you know where you're going, it's much more likely for people like me to help you get there. Does that make sense to you? Absolutely. I mean, it's so true. One of my closest friends, I I think I told you this once, was a therapist, you know, and they gave me that advice. I want you to every day fantasize about where you see your life. I want you to fantasize about what you always dreamed of doing. And now you're going to have the opportunity. And I said, I don't know, I, I have this big voice in journalism. Shouldn't I be helping people? I get it. My background as an entertainment and celebrity correspondent, I've entertained people, but helping people. Don't we live in a world about paying it forward? And, you know, poof, it kind of happened. And, you know, again, it was just the circumstances were what they were, you know, how it happened. But now it's like now making it happen. And I have never felt more fulfilled professionally by the work that I'm doing and the people that reach out to me, both professionals and people going through it and helping them, you know, find the right team or helping them sort through all the things that are going through their heads that are very overwhelming in the beginning. 
kind of thing. And I remind people, I'm not a PhD, a JD such as yourself, or a CDFA. I'm just a journalist who interviews them all, and I'm bringing them to you in the best way I know how. And that is just sharing information to help you, like the column says, survive and thrive from something that's going to be very difficult. But remember, it's very difficult for everybody. So that's why I go back to, you know, we scatter things all around and we make sure that there's always something for everybody on this topic. It's the topic, I say, that has many layers with no bottom. So there's always going to be something for us to discuss. So, Alyssa Panitz, if somebody is thinking about divorce, if they're listening to the show, what do you think is the most important first step that they should take? (laughs) Know everything about your financials. I think that was my biggest, biggest, biggest mistake was I didn't know a thing about them. I didn't know where to find them. I didn't know what I have. I didn't know anything. And... You know, that's really what a big piece of this component boiled down to. And all the time and money and stress. And when I say stress, I really mean stress that it took to catch up and learn. Um, you know, try. This is where people say, you want to be a detective? You want to be an investigative reporter? Go do it. Uh, learn as much as much as you can. It'll help people such as yourself. And, you know, hopefully that CDFA that, that you'll bring on too. They really will help you, um, and you'll be in such a better position to, like you said, you know, negotiate and find solutions. That's great. Super advice. Thank you, Alyssa Panitz. It's been great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me.